whatnot, and its uh, business seems to be good. Uh, I was amazed, though, quite frankly, that some of the attractions we went to, historical tr attractions, presidents' homes, and so on and so forth, didn't have as many people as I thought they might. But uh, other than that, my sense was that everything is busy. busy. There are help-wanted signs, of course, in all the food establishments. Uh, so employment, unemployment must be in the right direction. Uh, but I'm glad to be back here. And, you know, the weekly business hour, as always, is the place where Montgomery County and, in fact, businesses all over the world come uh, to talk about the latest in business ideas, improve their business, and be a part of conversations that can make a real difference even today in your business. So I appreciate you taking time to join us. And the show is broadcast live on YouTube. I encourage you to go to YouTube channel, Facebook, uh, look for the Weekly Business Hour. You can click and watch as well as listen to the program. So if you're inclined to like a visual like I am, uh, go to uh, see the Weekly Business Hour on YouTube or Facebook. Give you a little bit of local business news. I used to do this, and some folks have asked me to, to reinstitute that. There are things out there uh, that are happening in the local Montgomery County area. Uh, one of them is the food truck uh, phenomena. I read uh, when I returned uh, through the Community Impact uh, newspaper that we have our own food truck park coming here to downtown Conroe at Davis uh, up on I-45 between on I-45 and, in fact, the old Highway 75. Uh, right here on the edge of downtown, we're going to have a park, and there will be a place for trucks to park. Uh, you've probably seen this if you travel in your own town or city. Uh, they have these around. It's a great place to go hang out. Uh, they typically have restrooms and other things, tend to be family-friendly, uh, but all kinds of new and innovative food. Uh, and you can sample it right there in one location. So I, I think that's a real step forward uh, for City of Conroe, Montgomery County, a new business concept that's gone around the country, and it's finally landed here, and I think it's a wonderful thing. Also, I want to mention uh, on a national basis, uh, we hear a lot of conversation, if you pay any attention at all, to what's going on nationally, internationally about tariffs. And there's more and more being written as this episode, if you will, or this idea of tariffs uh, that the Trump administration and the federal government has put in place rolls out. There's more and more being discussed and written about its impact on Main Street, on the small business community. And there's definitely impact. Uh, and there's a new set of tariffs that have been proposed. Uh, some of them, in fact, uh, will apparently be going to be uh, put in place uh, now instead of later. But a number will be delayed. But I suggest to you they won't be forgotten. There is an impact on our businesses, everything we buy to use in our business. And in some small businesses, it's a direct connection between what you buy uh, from China, uh, particularly if you buy a product and then relabel, resell it, uh, you've seen potentially a direct impact of 10, 20, 25% uh, increase in the price since this has been going on. So be aware of that in your business. Uh, recognize, again, other products that you use in your business that you buy to use to run your business and whatnot uh, may very well see that. And so you can expect some some price increases. It's good to be aware of that. I, I'm not necessarily saying you should be alarmed. Uh, if you're dealing directly with China and buying products for resale, you're probably already alarmed because what do you do with that increase, uh, pass it on or or eat some of it or, or split the difference, whatever. So it's a real challenge. I know that firsthand with some clients. Uh, so be aware of those tariffs and see how that unfolds. 
maybe we're in one of those situations, I think, that uh, there's got to be pain before there's gain. And in the long term, this might be exactly what we needed uh, to kind of level that playing field, hopefully, going forward. Well, the broadcast today is sponsored by One Best Consult. And that's the number one, bestconsult.com. It's a website that I and others created to try to build a, a community where small business people can come and exchange ideas, uh, ask for advice uh, on a confidential basis. It's also a place where folks can go and uh, connect with me if you'd like to engage me and hire me uh, to work with you, to mentor, advise you on your business, how to grow your business, how to exit your business. I've done that multiple times, and I really enjoy engaging with people. I want to thank everyone that sends us an email. Always available there at Gmail, our Gmail account there at onebestconsult at gmail.com. So please send us your ideas, your thoughts about the show, uh, or if you've got a question about your business, I'll personally handle that and get back to you. And again, thank you to all of those who have done that. At this point, it gets real simple. You just need to sit back, grab your pad and pencil, and get ready to take notes as we talk about everything business right here on the Weekly Business Hour. And today, we're going to listen to the final uh, part three of my soup to nuts conversation, which I started before we went on vacation with Ralph D'Onofrio entitled, What Questions You Must Answer to Properly Market Your Business. I encourage you to listen to this final segment and we'll be right back with you on the other side of it. So enjoy Ralph D'Onofrio, what questions you must answer to properly market your business. Well, this is Rick Schussler. I'm the host of the Weekly Business Hour, and We've had a wonderful, I think a wonderful soup to nuts conversation um, entitled What Questions You Must Answer to Properly Market Your Business. We've been visiting with uh, Ralph D'Onofrio. Uh, Ralph's got a long, long background in marketing, business, running business units, and uh, he's also a Silver Fox advisor as I am. So we've been around, we got a lot of experience, and hopefully we bring a little wisdom to the table. And most importantly to me is we give you ideas that you can use potentially in your business today. Well, Ralph, uh, last time we were visiting part two last week, uh, we talked a lot about people managing people versus, you know, the activities that you suggest. You can't manage, or in my words, micromanage people to get them to the kind of results you want. You're ultimately going to fail. But we're going to kind of switch gears as we move along in this conversation, talk a little bit about some nuts and bolts issues, such as how, how you build your budget, and, um, not so much about numbers, but the things you, some very important things you need to consider and Again, talk about some marketing tools, websites, some of that. Get your take on any of those that stand out today, and then we'll end up with a general discussion on some very important, I think, very important business topics. So let's kind of jump in uh, as we get started. Uh, the topic is budgeting, but again, not by the numbers, if you will, uh, because to me, budgeting, particularly when you put a business plan, marketing plan together, involves not just the money, but the time that you're going to invest in that activity. So... I may have $1,000 to spend or $100 or $100,000 or a million, but how much time is that going to take me? And in my case, the business owner, am I willing to invest in this endeavor of marketing? Because sometimes we can farm things out or we can do them ourselves or accommodation thereof, right? What's your take on uh, advising somebody about doing 
developing and then implementing their marketing plan as far as their personal involvement. Well, uh, <clears throat> as I listen to you, I, I think, you know, it's like we have to start at the end and work our way backwards. Okay. Uh, uh, you have this, if you're, if you're talking about somebody who's not in business yet or in business, uh, what, do you ex what do you expect out of this business? Okay, and then begin to work back. If you have a cost of goods, 50% or 60% or 40%, do you know that? How much is left over? How much can you do? Uh, do, you, do you need to market per se, or do you, do you need to promote? Okay, or do you, if, you, if you put your money behind the, the, the $10 cupcakes by going out to the county fair, by going to the weekend events and that kind of stuff, uh, do, you need a, do you need an ad budget or do you need a promotional budget? Uh, you need to paint up the side of a truck? I think, but you, you sort of have to really start at the bottom. Here's what I want this business to be. I think I should be doing this or doing this, or I need to, I, I, personally, I personally need to take $50,000 a year out of this budget business, and you back up and you back up. But you're going to have to spend some money. You just can't sit by the side of the road and, and uh, with, with a, with a uh, what am I trying to say, a, a uh, banana board and say, here, here it is, okay? So, so where, where does your money go? Where, where does your money go? What, 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 what's the nature of the product? Uh, I'll go back to my original statement of us, uh, you know, what, what, uh, what problem are you solving, okay? And if it's desire, then maybe you need a lot more elaborate budget. If it's need, uh, you just have to make sure you have a wrecker on every major intersection on the weekends because you're going to be picking up a lot of wrecks and, and, and uh, it says on the side of your record that you're, here's my phone number, I've been doing this since 1947 or something, okay? But I think you have to back into it. Uh, you just have to back into it. Uh, I wish there was some magic answer. Uh, I worked for a large corporation. Uh, we had, we had uh, uh, my marketing budgets were, were in the 90 to $100 million uh, range. But they were really based on how much profit we were going to give them. And uh, it, 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 we, we went to them and said, we need $100 million this year. And they said, good, we need $100 million profit. So it all fell back at our laps. Okay, what are we going to do to generate it this damn thing? And some years it didn't work. Some years it didn't work. Our competitors were tougher than they expected them to be that beer. You know, other things came in, so we, we had to back down. So I want to suggest to you as a small business owner, you sort of do the same thing. Uh, maybe you just say, okay, what would 5% of my revenue look like if I spent it? And what can I get for that? What would 8% look like if I, what can I get for that? What do I need? What, what kind of, what, what, kind, what problem are you solving? And that'll, that'll sort of drive you. You know, you just get a pencil and paper out. I've gone through, I've cut down at least seven rainforests with the yellow pads in my lifetime, just trying to figure these things out for myself and for my clients also. Okay, what do you really need on this thing? But if you got to start, if you don't know where to start, just say, okay, I'm going to spend 5% of my revenue on marketing advertising and see what that looks like. And if it only comes out to $14.75, we probably have a problem, but it'll probably be a lot more than that. Any case. Well, you know, it's, it, it's, it's the, the old age issue of the cart and horse. You know, you say take, pick a number, which is a great way to start, 5%, 3%, 10%, 10%, just to start, get you moving forward. Right. Because, you know, do I, do I budget or do I know what the revenue, you know, well, you don't know your revenue until you evaluate what you can expend on marketing, advertising, things that go from that. And I think that's something people 
this for an example. I've run into this more than once. Someone develops their product service, they answer the question perhaps, is it a need or, you know, uh, they take in consideration our friend the thirsty horse. They do some of the basic things, but then they determine that to capture a client or capture a customer costs X. It's one of the hardest things, particularly new businesses seem to have. Uh, I worked with a client uh, some years ago, and uh, client acquisition was not a numbers game with them. They just needed a handful of clients because they were, you know, brought in quite a bit of revenue per client. So, And they wanted to stay fairly small. They made those decisions as far as the owner and what he wanted to do with the business. And so we got to work on calculating what can they afford to bring in a client. Well, it was seven, $800, which just blew them away because they were concerned they were spending money here, here, here on marketing, advertising. Seven or 800 was high or low? No, the actual number was based on the history of the business. They could afford to expend seven to $800 to acquire a new client. Okay. Because those clients spent X number of thousands of dollars in the first 12 months. That was kind of the formula that we looked. But anyway, my point was it really surprised them. I mean, they had more money theoretically that they could expend than they really dreamed. I mean, they were looking at the cost of the newsletter in those days, printed newsletters, right? The mailing, all those things. And the other things that they were using to bring these clients in. So I guess the thing that always comes to my mind when I'm working with folks in this area is to one, see what it's going to cost you to acquire a client. See what it's worth to you. Make sure you have enough money or resources available in your available to marketing, advertising. Make sure you have enough to acquire enough clients to take you to the point where that revenue that you either need or want or both uh, can be obtained. Because so many times that great idea, right? And all of a sudden they don't have enough money or they don't recognize it's going to cost them seven dollars $800 when they only really can afford 10 to $20 to acquire a client. Consider this, you know, if, you, if you're selling products, you're a middleman. Okay. You're, you're, you're really not much different than Kroger or HEB or something. You're bringing something to the store, you bring something in, and then you sell it to somebody else. Uh, enormous pressure. Nobody wants to be a middleman, but there are a lot of them out there. But So what would it take to make your product, if it's unique, or your store, if it's unique, different? Take a look at it that way. If you're in the service business, you're really in the relationship business. So what kind of money do you have to spend to build relationships, keep relationships? Do you have to join the Kiwanis? Do you have to join this group? Do you have to do Do you have to be out there at the uh, lakeside barbecue every weekend? Okay, because you're in the relationship business. So that, that will sort of drive where you have to spend your money. Personally, I never want to be in the... Uh, uh, Middleman business, because but a lot of people are. You, you, a car dealer is a middleman, a grocer is a middleman. They, they take products in, sell it to somebody else. That that takes one kind of budget. Whereas if you're in a service business and you, you're really in the multi-relationship business, what does it take? What do you have to do? Where do you have to spend your money for those relationships? Okay, and uh, whether let's say you're an air conditioning electrician. Those plumber, those kind of things. Where do they have to put their money? I've noticed in my neighborhood, it seems to be painting up your truck if you're in the air conditioning business. You know, my truck is more outlandish and garish than yours is, okay? So maybe that's where they're putting their marketing dollars into that kind of stuff, all right? Maybe you have to 
in a sense, maybe you have to put your marketing dollars into training because a well-trained employee doing something for your customer may be the best marketing you could ever do. Besides, you give them new shirt, clean shirts all the time and hats and stuff. But the thing is, maybe, maybe your marketing is really training. Okay. So it all depends what you're trying to accomplish in life. Yeah, and you got to think about that. And yeah, you've got to say, time. do I have enough money? Am I willing to spend right, right that money? Do I feel good about that mm -hmm. on the hats and the shirts or whatever, the wraps around right. the trucks that are, you know, lit up or whatever? Uh, I was worked with a business in the beginning of my career, and they we had in those days, gosh, and I'm going so far back, I don't even want to go there, but uh, we had a million-dollar-plus budget, advertising budget. But the best expenditure, as the owners would explain to me, is the trucks. We had a fleet of trucks going around. Since that's our single best, most mm -hmm. cost-effective way to advertise. Right. Uh, you can do away with all the other ads and different things they did, TV, radio, whatever, in the local market. But it was the trucks. So you, you never know, but you got to really think through that and settle on what it is and then make sure you can afford it and, and then move forward. You touched on something, you know, one of the things to kind of transition to the next area I'd like to talk about, some of the marketing tools that are out there today. I mean, you you have a great story great that you've shared with us last week about Amazon and about the impact and the thinking it has brought about business, the web, the internet. They have become so much a part, and even more so every day, of almost every business. Uh, any thoughts? I mean, I'm a small business guy. I'm operating on Main Street. I'm a plumber, got a plumbing company, uh, I've been at it, you know, what do I do about all this? I mean, the plumber necessarily not going to be threatened by the web, but yet they are because people will send out information all the time and I get an email saying you do business with Joe or on Facebook or LinkedIn and what do you do? How do you approach that as a small business? Where do you need to put the web in your thinking? Hmm. Well, <laughs> is it in your thinking in the first place, okay? Uh, remember, uh, my er earlier thoughts was that while well, I don't think we have to be frightened of Amazon taking over the world, is that they are a continually improving operational process. Look at your business as a process, just like they do, just like they do. Buying, they're buying Whole Foods was part of their process, okay? I don't think they're, virtually, I don't think they're doing very well with it, but that's, that's, that's another 15 minutes we can do there, okay? So look at your business as a process, and does the, the web fit into this thing? Does uh, having your employees look a little better, dress better, have a better shirt on? Uh, it, it's all a process, but it may take a little uh, uh, a change in your part to think that my business is not a process. It's not getting up in the morning, send my trucks out, bring them back. It, it all is a process, okay? How can you continually improve that? How can you continually improve it? You can't do everything every day. Uh, aside from Amazon, most of the rest of us don't have those resources, but we can certainly think about improving delivery, improving service, improving what our invoices look like. Do our customers understand what we're saying to them? Uh, I had a client a number of years ago who was a truck in truck line, trucking business, and his rates were fixed at the time. I don't know, what, and he couldn't change. What can I do? He kept saying, "What can I do?" Well, you know what we did? We 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 cleaned the trucks up. Uh, we we treat his invoices. Uh, Delivery tickets look horrible. Uh, we some of the drivers look horrible too, and we cleaned those up, and we made them, the trucks look okay, and the delivery tickets, and they began to their, their on time in, uh, uh, deliveries improved. 
And all of a sudden, his business got better just because he was improving his processes alone. Couldn't change the rates, couldn't charge any more, any less than the next guy, but he just his, his processes began to improve. And, it was one, and he'd been in business for a long time. It was one of those things he just never thought, uh, that being on time with a driver that looked like he hadn't slept in the truck <laughs> would improve his business, but it did. <laughs> It was a process. We were right. just improving the process. Well, and the okay. web has got to be part of the process yes, for most people. And, but yes, yet I, I see some businesses, if the person that owns the business is inclined or attracted to the Internet for whatever right. reasons, um, then they'll go whole hog, if you will, right. use an old expression, and they'll jump in where they'll not do other things that they could be doing that potentially be a lot more cost-effective uh, as they do their market. Uh, you know, and they'll invest, begin to invest money in it, and because it's the newest toy or it's whatever. And I, my encouragement to people when we first start talking about, okay, how does the internet or the web impact my business? Is take a deep breath and realize that it is only one piece of your marketing puzzle. That's right. It's not the whole puzzle. Even though we love to talk about Amazon, right, right. and what they're doing, uh, there are a number of businesses that. Uh, the web is not conducive to selling their products. What do we do? Well, let's go back. What do we do using the web for? Selling or just brand recognition or just telling people where we live? What, what are we going to use it for? Okay. And you those know, are all great questions. Yeah. What, what do you, and, that, and that will obviously affect your budget you spend on the thing. Okay? If you ever time, uh, I have a client who, I guess I'm right on this, he spends about $40,000 a month with, with uh, Google on what words not to use. Not what to use, what not to use, okay? So he's got almost a half a million dollar tab on this thing. It has improved his business enormously. So now, in the scheme of things, it's not that much of an expense. To start with, everybody choked, <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. I think, but it proved out, here's the words you don't want to use to sell your product which change apparently daily, rapidly, and all those things, okay? So it is in his, uh, uh, you know, it, uh, I'm, I'm not quite right, but if he was if he was closing three out of 100 prior, he's doing seven or eight out of 100 now by using, by, no, by not using the wrong word. Right. Thing, okay? But that, that's, that's an important part of his business. I mean, his, his, more, his money is spent. Okay? Right. Uh, but that doesn't, uh, does it... Uh, Brand, help his brand? I wouldn't. I'd have a long discussion on it. I'm not sure it helps his brand. It certainly helps his bottom line. Right. But and ultimately, a, that's where we're driving, yeah, right? that's we're right. all going okay. to the bottom line. Yeah, but we can't say it's a marketing tool. Well, we've got a few minutes left, and I'd like to just get your take, if you, uh, if you will, because of, again, your experience and your knowledge and perception of what's going on, some, some just general topics. Uh, first, future general trends in business. I mean, you're out there working with all kinds of businesses every day. Uh, any general trends you see in business today, marketing-wise or otherwise, uh, maybe one or two that if I'm in small business, I need to generally be aware of them? Well, you know, it, it, I'll go back to, I'm broken record now, but nothing stands still for more than an hour, which translates to my mind, we've got to be enormously flexible. You've got to be enormously flexible on your ideas, on your pricing, on uh, what you offer. Uh, that doesn't mean you can't, in some cases, take things away from what you're offering and still do a pretty good job, okay? Uh, but, you know, are you, are you, 
what problem are you solving? Are you helping somebody save money? Or are you going to help them to make money? And how can you do that? How can you be? So you personally have to be flexible as can be. Okay, And uh, in your hiring, you better look the kind of people that aren't too rigid and, and stuck in their own ways that they're beginning with. Now, I don't know what group of people that is, but I, I assume they're out there, okay? But we, we, it, it just, it's just moving awful fast. It's just moving awful fast. Maybe you just put the $10 cupcake out on the sidewalk and everything in the store is only $2. I don't know. <laughs> okay. But you, you're going to have to be flexible uh, in your thinking, your feeling. Uh, you know, uh, It can't be my dad always did it that way or my dad started this business in 1947 and it didn't work anymore. It just doesn't work anymore. I can't think of any better way. To, uh, there's probably a better word than flexible, but... You just, you just sort of have to stay loose. And if you can't, maybe it's time to look for somebody to buy your business that's a lot looser than you are, okay? Well, they, I, 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 know care what it is. I know some people who would be disqualified, the yeah. owner. I mean, the yeah. individuals would be disqualified because right. it's just not in their nature. And that's right. okay right. to not be flexible or flexible enough to meet these challenges of being right. flexible, more right. flexible, whatever you want to say. Yeah. I think, think that's interesting. The thing you have to keep in mind is supply on about everything we're involved in is up, okay? Uh, we, uh, Walmart now has one-day delivery, okay? Supply on about everything is up. Uh, demand is not, okay? We're in one of those stages in life, and just almost about every major category you can think about that is the supply. There are more people supplying than there is demand out there. Uh, every day, every morning, all you have to do is look at the price of crude oil and natural gas, but that applies to a lot of other subjects also, okay? The, the, the airlines are getting smart. They pull a few planes off because they had a few more planes than they had demand for. Are you with me? Uh, of course, Boeing's problem gave them some emphasis on that. But the point is that, that, that the supply on just about everything we touch out there is up, and demand is not or at least not growing up. Okay. So what happens when we have more suppliers than we have customers? Do I have to answer that question? No. Well, we, we, have, we have to be a little smarter, faster, quicker, better. Yeah. Yeah. To stay in the winning column yeah, versus right. being a loser and that, perhaps fold right. up and close. Right. Ralph, we've got about a minute left, and I wanted to ask you, again, from your perspective, business segments in this fast-moving world, we've all agreed on that, and the flexibility required you and I are just right in line with each other on that. What business segments in general do you see out there for the future that you'd recommend if somebody's saying, I'd like to go into business, this is what you should look for? Well, I'll go back to what I said a few minutes ago. Service, 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 okay? We're all, whether it's Chewy sending the, the service, what can we do? How can we serve that? How can we help you? How can we make it faster? How can I ease your burden? The population's great at getting older. I'm sure there's, you know, there's more opportunities to service Older folks with whatever, I don't know, honestly. Now we deliver the cupcakes, all right? That'd be with me. But I think if, you, if you're going to do something, take a look at can you be in the service industry somewhere doing something, okay? Uh, I, I've got a, a, a client whose son uh, ended up with a couple trucks, too many in his business, all right? Well, there are people out there that can help you up with people that need half loads back, driven back, that kind of stuff. How do you pay for that? So... It, 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 so what this client's son did was got himself out of the trucking business into the servicing these guys who need the truckloads, 
okay? Doing just fine, two people sitting in an office somewhere instead of having a bunch of trucks running up and down uh, Interstate 45 all the time, okay? Service, service, service. So just uh, set your sights on how the hell can I help other people? How can I do this? And make a living at a reasonable cost. And have fun, no and doubt have about fun. it. Yeah, yeah, you got to keep the smile on your face. Well, okay. Ralph, once again, uh, yeah. deeply appreciate it. We did three segments, lots of good information, lots of ideas, uh, and encouragement to people in small business. If folks want to be in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do it? RalphWorks at AOL.com. Well, and I encourage folks, follow up. Ralph has got a lot of information, love to talk to you, and potentially you might want to engage him. Yeah. Uh, so, Ralph, again, thank you. Okay. Tell him you heard me on the, you saw me on the radio. Okay. Yeah, well, we do that here, right? Okay, we right. do a video cast. That's right. Thanks so much, Ralph. Okay, you're welcome. Enjoyed it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that uh, final uh, part of our three-part conversation, Soup to Nuts, with Ralph D'Onofrio on what questions you must answer to properly market your business. I'm going to talk a little bit in the next segment about uh, some of the questions that popped in my head as I was listening to today's segment. Uh, also, I want to give you, though, again, the contact information uh, for Ralph. If you've got a question or you think you might want to engage him, uh, he does a wonderful job. He's a fellow Silver Fox advisor. I consider him a mentor to myself in the area of marketing for sure. But you can reach him at Ralph, R-A-L-P-H, Works, W-O-R-K-S, Ralph Works, at AOL.com. That's Ralph Works at AOL.com. What's coming up in the second half of the show? Well, first of all, I'll do a quick recap of Ralph's discussion today. Uh, picked up some key points that I'd like to share with you and maybe uh, deliver them in a way that... Uh, in a way that could be very meaningful to you because I think they apply to any and every business. Uh, in, your, in our Do You Know segment, I'm going to talk about why the rise in secondhand clothing market offers every business an important lesson in marketing. Uh, this is a booming market, uh, secondhand clothing. Uh, it's in the, headed into the billions of dollars. And I'm going to close out today's show as one best consult tip of the week, the mentoring process, how it can work for you and your business. So I hope you'll stay with us. We'll be right back after a short break on the Weekly Business Hour. Not sure who to turn to when you have a problem in your business? Listen to the Weekly Business Hour on Lone Star Community Radio. A Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 647 3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is a nonprofit organization serving Montgomery County and surrounding areas dedicated to the health and well-being of the boxer breed. Lone Star Boxer Rescue is run and managed 100% by volunteers since 1999. Our main objective is to rescue, rehabilitate, and rehome boxers that come to us from many sources, including local animal shelters, owner surrenders, and strays. For more information about Lone Star Boxer Rescue, visit our website at lsbr.org. It's all business talk on the Weekly Business Hour every Monday at 11 a.m. right here on Lone Star Community Radio.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Schisler. I'm the host of the Weekly Business Hour. And in this segment, I'm going to start off and talk a little bit about what we heard from Ralph D'Onofrio today and the discussion he and I had about what questions you must answer to properly market your business. There are three key things, and they're all related, that really stood out to me in today's segment, and I want to share them with you. First, what do you expect out of your business? You know, Ralph is an interesting individual. He gets down to what I call the core or basic part of working up a marketing plan, a marketing process, and execution. And his first question is, what do you expect out of your business? Which sort of fits into my philosophy. I believe too often we sort of gloss over. We get excited, we start a business, we start doing things, we get busy, we're working a lot of hours, things are going along, we've got customers and so on and so forth, and then it starts to slow down because we really have not potentially addressed the marketing, how we're going to really market the product, not only promote it, okay, on a day-to-day basis, but how we're going to market it. And in order to decide how you're going to do your marketing and what kind of marketing you can do, you need to decide what your expectations and the point is, if you expect 100000 in sales the first year or a million in sales, two very different numbers, that impacts how you have to do your marketing. So if you can reasonably sit down and estimate and budget 100000 in sales, then that works itself, as Ralph said, you back into what you can spend or what you can do marketing-wise. But you've got to start with your expectations of the business. And that leads into the second thing. The base marketing, the base of your marketing budget has to be on what you need, what you really need for the business to achieve, again, that revenue n- number. So your marketing budget comes from your expectations. So set those expectations, then you can work towards a budget. And the third thing, continuing that discussion, how much you have to spend not only relies upon that top revenue line, but what does it cost you? What is it going to cost you to develop a relationship with a customer? What does it cost to acquire a customer and to develop the relationship with that customer? The acquisition is one cost, developing and maintaining. And when you have a number to acquire and maintain a relationship, and it is a very important number, again, one that so many small businesses, it's not difficult to determine because you're budgeting, you're setting a budget. And you may find out, well, I've allocated $50 to acquire a a new customer and maintain that relationship, and it may end up costing you $100. I mean, and that was reality. But if you think through what you should have and what you do have and try to find that balance in there, and then you can develop your budget. And then, and only then, in my opinion, as you put your marketing plan together, can you expect, reasonably expect, to meet your personal expectations for the business as far as revenue is concerned. We're going to take a short break. and we come back, I'm going to talk to you about, uh, in my Do You Know segment, why the rise in secondhand clothing market offers every business an important lesson in marketing. So please stay with us, and we'll be right back. For business ideas and news you can use, join us on the Weekly Business Hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. 
Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. It's all business talk on the weekly business hour every Monday at 11 a.m. right here on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the weekly business hour, and I'm Rick Schisler, your host. And this is a part of the show where I like to ask you a question. Did you or do you know? And in this case, I'd like to talk about why the rise in secondhand clothing market offers an important lesson in marketing to every business. But before I do that, I want to remind you, if you're listening, you own a business, you too can be a sponsor of this show. You just need to reach out and contact us at one, that's the number one, bestconsult at gmail.com. I'd love to have you as one of our sponsors. Again, you can reach out to us about sponsoring today's show uh, or future shows at one, the number one, bestconsult.com. Well, let's talk about do you know why what's going on in the second-hand clothing market has anything to do with business in general. And it really does. The marketing lesson that is there for all of us doesn't need to be missed. Um, this is not a game changer, but it's important for us, particularly in small business, to be aware how things that happen in big business can be sort of transferred, or I hate to use the word translated, but they apply to small business as well. And give you an idea of what I'm talking about, the sale of secondhand clothing. We all know about thrift shops. We know about the Goodwill store, uh, the Salvation Army, where people donate clothing, they clean it up, fix it, and then put it up for sale, and it's one of the ways they generate revenue. Well, this market now has become a very profit-driven market has developed 
and let me give you some of the an idea of how it's become the deal in secondhand clothes in secondhand goods, and it's not just clothes, but accessories, shoes, whatever. Uh, they call it re re commerce, not e commerce, but re commerce. Clothing market in this country, three point eight trillion dollars. Okay, sale of secondhand clothes, even it, though it's small, in 2023, it's expected to hit, and that's in three, four years, $51 billion. Now, again, as compared to $3.8 trillion, not a big number, but this is up from $24 billion last year. So we're going to double it in three to four years. So people are going primarily online, as well as to the other things we mentioned, the thrift store. They're buying clothing. These are people that have money to spend. They're buying handbags that they might spend $1,000 on. They can buy secondhand for under $500. All kinds of things mixed in. And why is that important to you in your marketing to understand what's going on with that secondhand clothing market? Well, first, be aware that markets change every day. So often we get set in our business. We, we are focused on running the business to getting the products in and out to delivering the services Obviously, operations is very important, but you need to be aware that markets are always changing. Ralph D'Anafio, who appeared in the past three shows, uh, talked about that as part of his marketing presentation. It used to be that markets were very slow, took months, even years to shift. He says today, it's once or twice a day in some areas, in some industries, some businesses. But be aware that your market, regardless of the business you're in, has shifts going on. I don't think you have to make a daily habit of trying to be aware of these things, but you need to be aware as you take time to reflect on your business that markets are changing. They come and go. Market trends that used to, again, last for maybe years now may last for a week, two weeks, three weeks. Uh, they may pop up like secondhand clothing on a for-profit basis, and all of a sudden it's a $24 billion market last year, but in three to four years it's going to be a 50 plus billion dollar market. And there are people that are capitalizing and making money of that. The next thing is if you own a small business, you need to plug into this, as I mentioned earlier. You need to plug into the market. And when I say plug into the market, I'm talking about nationally, perhaps even internationally, but nationally, regionally, and then also your local market. In other words, you need to find a connection with resources or groups that you can get information that you can go through and understand, not necessarily in a lot of detail, because what you want to do is do what you did when you started or bought your business. You looked at the market then, I would assume, and you said, well, we can do this. We do things differently. Our unique selling proposition is X, and we'll do this, and we will beat out our competition, right? You did it at least when you bought the business. That's what I'm telling you, in a sense, that you need to do now. You need to do that from time to time during the year. Some people need to calendar it. They do it once a month. They do it quarterly. At the very, very least, you need to do it annually, particularly when you put your budget together for the next calendar year or next fiscal year. You need to look at marketing. It's one of the things we got to check off, and we've got to see what the markets are going. I've seen, though, and in, in, in a bit of warning, too often people focus on their competitors and what they're doing. And your competitor may be doing it right, they may be doing it wrong, uh, but I suspect in many cases they're really missing an opportunity. They're missing the ball 
of what really is important about marketing the business. And again, many times we're not talking about earth-shattering, game-changing, game-changing issues that are coming up and opportunities. But over a period of time, and again, on a much quicker pace these days, these add up quickly. And they can leave you in a position where you're no longer where you want to be in your market. You're not competitive, if you will. So all that worrying about what the guy down the street was doing kind of came around and bit you from behind, if you will. So wake up. Enjoy the opportunity. Seize the opportunity to take a look at your market. We're going to take our final break of the day, and when we come back, I'm going to talk about something that's near and dear to me and I hopefully to you, and that's mentoring. There are all kinds of mentors in our lives. Uh, if we take the opportunity to connect with mentors, it can make a huge difference, not only in our lives, but in the lives of our business. So when we come back, the mentoring process, how it can work for you and your business. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with you. It's all about business on the Weekly Business Hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. An estimated 1 in 10 births will result in a neonatal intensive care stay, also known as the NICU. Overnight, a family can find themselves and their newborn baby in a critical situation. The Mila Foundation financially and spiritually assists families in need. If you would like to volunteer or become a monthly sponsor, please visit us at www.themilafoundation.org. Again, that's www.themilafoundation.org, because every life matters. A Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for summer internship opportunities, A Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to grab the mic and be on the air. A Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world all year round. Be an on-air personality, talk show producer, or YouTube TV podcast editor. Contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, Zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. It's all about business on the Weekly Business Hour every Monday at 11 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and this is Rick Schisler, your host. Welcome back. We're in our final segment uh, where I give uh, my one best consult tip of the week. And I want to talk about mentoring today. Uh, again, it's something we've talked about from time to time on the show. Uh, I believe I've shared with you, and if, if you weren't a part of the show at that time, I took a survey in the first few years of the show, and the number of guests, I did a lot of entrepreneurial interviews, people who had started businesses and turned them into successful businesses, and it was 90-plus percent of those people, by my poll, my internal poll, if you will, uh, that they were successful, they had a mentor. And in most cases, in our conversation online, they talked about their mentor and how it was important 
to them in the success that they'd been able to achieve. So I think it's important from time to time to refresh our memories about the mentoring process. And I'm talking about a business mentor here. Uh, as a Silver Fox advisor, we are trained to use our business experience uh, and to mentor people. Uh, and the idea under the Silver Fox advisor, they define, they actually have a definition. I want to share it with you. A knowledgeable, experienced, wise, and trusted advisor who mentors business owners, executives on how to succeed in life and business and also help them develop strategies and solutions to organizational and specific business problems for profitable growth. Uh, that's what I do with my clients. I work with my clients to develop their businesses, uh, to grow their businesses, in some cases even to start a business or to exit a business. But I'm always working with them personally as the owner as well as the business. Uh, so a mentoring process uh, and understanding what each of us do, meaning the mentor mentee, is very important. Let me give you some ideas, and this is the way the Silver Foxes and the way I approach this. A mentoring should be a teacher, a counselor, a coach. In other words, someone who's there to teach, to counsel, and to coach. Uh, that covers a broad waterfront. They need to be an empathetic partner and trusted friend, a source of networking opportunities, a sounding board and good listener, a business confidant, and a supporter and motivator with a commitment to the CEO's success. And it's that commitment I feel is so important. Each of my clients, I feel passionate about their businesses, and I am committed to doing what I can do based on what they will listen to me. And sometimes they don't always listen, and that's okay. I am there to make recommendations. I'm there to encourage them. I'm not there to tell them what to do. That's your decision as a business owner. I can assist and coach in areas such as improving their management skills. Um, I don't take control of the business. That's very important. Again, I'm not there to tell you what to do. I'm not there to run your business. Uh, I've done that. I've done that multiple times. I built my own businesses, and I sold them successfully. You need to choose uh, and help you develop what your vision is, what your purpose is, what your objectives and goals are. If you haven't already done that, then you can utilize your mentor to do those kind of things and zero in on what's important to you, your family, about your business and your business in the marketplace. Formulating business strategies and identifying where your market really is. Many times people are in business, again, they have all the passion, uh, they roll up their sleeves, they work hard. The individuals, sometimes families, uh, partners, everybody's pushing the same way, but they're in my opinion, they're wasting a certain amount of time and resources because they're not really honed into their niche. A mentor can help you do that. Uh, they can help you develop business marketing plans, establish sales forecasts, budgets, some of the things that Ralph Danafio talked about earlier in this program. And they can help you develop job descriptions, policy manuals. I even work with uh, my clients to be part of an, uh, an outsourced HR, if you will, screening potential hires for them. Uh, and that way, free them up to do the things that are important in your business. You need to seek out a, a mentor, uh, whether it's someone like a silver fox who's paid or someone that's uh, a close friend, which you've got to be careful with that. But you need a mentor in business. Mentors are throughout our lives, whether it's for personal reasons, for religious reasons. There's all kinds of mentors out there. But if you've invested with your family in a business, of your time and talent and money, 
you need to consider and you need a mentor to help you get as much out of the business to achieve as much success as you deserve for yourself and your family out of your business. So I encourage you, think about mentoring. If you have questions, drop me an email at one, that's the number one, best consult at gmail.com. I want to end up today's show by giving you a couple of announcements. There's a couple of great opportunities coming up for those who live in the greater Houston area, which includes us in Montgomery County. Uh, the first one is a program sponsored by the Silver Foxes. Uh, it's coming up very shortly, Wednesday of this week, August 21st, from 9.30 to 11. It's going to take place at the Houston Community College, Missouri City Campus. Uh, and if you'd like more information about it, I'm going to give you this uh, information now and give it to you a little bit later. Margie Pisa. Uh, if you'll contact Margie at mpisa, that's P-I-Z-A, mpisa, P-I-Z-A, at griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N-G, dot com. She can provide you information. And what this is about uh, is fostering superior results through knowledge sharing, and it's driving business performance through your financials. Uh, it's going to be headed up by our current president of the Silver Foxes, uh, William Bill Herman. Uh, his background, he's a non-practicing CPA, spent 10 years as a financial leader at GE uh, and a global product manager. There's a lot of great content here, and I would encourage you, if you've got some time on Wednesday morning, to check into this. Again, you can find out more about it at mpiza, P-I-Z-A, at griffing.com. So the Silver Foxes are sponsoring this, and it's going to be led by a great Silver Fox. The other program uh, is this Saturday, August 24th, from 8.30 to 4.30. It's an all-day program. It involves the Silver Fox, Ned Mueller. Uh, he's the entrepreneur in residence at Houston Community College Center for Entrepreneurship Southeast. Um, he's part of the Silver Fox organization. He's going to be joined by Thea uh, Smith, who's the Chief Possibilities Guide for Level 7 Resources a virtual thinking expedition company. Uh, so I would encourage you to check this out. This one is a small business workshop. It's going to take place at the Houston Community College campus at Aleve Hayes. And if you need more information, reach out to Letha Raymond at 713-487-8565. Uh, this topic about this is understanding the key traits to being a successful entrepreneur. All-day discussion about appealing to those who may want to start a business who already own an entrepreneur business, gain a better understanding of what you're trying to do. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining us this week. Put a note on your calendar to join us next Monday, right here at 11 o'clock. John Van Orden, the owner of Mr. Hannett Demand, the Woodlands, will be with us to share his story of building a successful business franchise. Podcast of the show will be published on Wednesday. You can find it all over the social media, particularly on Facebook, where you can be part of our weekly business hour page. And again, thank you for joining us. Until next week, stay engaged and keep your focus on what counts in your business. The weekly business hour every Monday, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. right here on Lone Star Community Radio. The weekly business hours where Montgomery County and businesses from around the world come to talk about the latest in business news and to be part of conversations that can make a real difference in their business. Join us this coming Monday, August 26, when John Van Orden, the owner of Mr. Handyman, The Woodlands, shares his story. See you next Monday.